0: another episode of Awakening Divine Wildness And today's guest is the epitome of feminine wildness, sexuality and self-love. She is just a magnificent creature and package of divine feminine energy. Zinya is an inspirational Zinya Gupta is an inspirational best-selling author, speaker, priestess and woman's leadership mentor who helps women embrace their sacred feminine power. She's the author of the number one bestseller, Messages from Shakti, hosts the Shakti Power podcast on iTunes, and offers mentorship, group coaching, free talks, and workshops about her signature process, Shakti Power. Her courses are designed to help women Reimagine their lives and generate more power. Zinya divides her time between New York and Ibiza, Spain, where she teaches sacred dance every year at her feminine awakening experiences and sacred sensuality retreats. Her website is the shakti excuse me shakti priestess dot com and at the end of this glorious interview, she'll tell us about a free gift that she has for all of us. Shakti, I welcome you from the bottom of my heart, but before you say one thing, I want to read something out of your book, because I have it as a Kindle, and this this is what this is all about. This is a special time in sacred feminine consciousness. Collectively, we are leaving behind the stories of the broken woman, the damaged woman, the less than deserving woman. We are now walking past our hurts and our wounds and rising up to the light of our sacred feminine practice of self-worth, self-love, and self-care. Girl, that puts tears in my eyes because there's nothing more true for women today than to embrace self-worth, self-love, and self-care. And we're here to tell them what it's all about. Absolutely. I have
1: tears in my eyes, just the way you read that, with all your passion and heart and soul and joy. I know your journey, so um, it. thank you. Thank you for opening with that.
0: We're soul sisters on the same mission. We want women to understand that they are so much more than the compartment that society, media, advertising tries to put us in.
1: Absolutely. And I think that we're in a a stage of forgetfulness, you know, if you read the goddess stories, and I I just want to step back for one quick second and tell a story, you know, I love to tell stories, but the Shakti lineage that I embody, that you so beautifully um, shared with your audience, it comes from my ancestry, so It's a thousand year lineage. It might be more, you know, I don't know how long my family tree goes back, but I know it up to my great, 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 great grandmother. And it was passed down to me, to my great, great, uh, to my great grandmother. And then my grandmother who taught it to me for 20 years. So she was alive for a very long time until I was about 24. And during that time, she taught me spiritual power, soul power. In her home, we had altars everywhere. I was in constant prayer with her in the morning and at night. She was the pillar of the family. She was the mother, the queen. She initiated my grandfather into his, you know, career and into his wisdom. She was the power. And we all acknowledged that. We all gave, um, homage to that. And we all drew from that. We all drew our own personal power from that. So I had a very strong role model from as a young child, a very strong base of spirituality and going to the temples and attending festivals and being at one with the goddess. And I immigrated to the States when I was three years old and I was quite young. So I was at the same time getting masculinized in a corporate environment, competing in schools, sports, athletics, you know, looking for boyfriends, going into college um, and then going into the corporate world. So I was learning a very different paradigm, of a masculine model. And I was really confused for a while because here I have this like soulful ancestry coming through me. And then I have society saying, no, 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 don't listen to that. Where, you know, the law of New York, the law of corporate, the law of what we're going to do for you is you must obey. And if you don't obey, you won't get our resources. And I was like, at 25, no, that doesn't sound right to me, you know. But before that, there was such confusion inside of myself. And I can only imagine the confusion that women go through today, young girls, when all they see on the media and social media is the sexualization of our power, that we have access to intuitive power, we have access to personal power, we have access to creative sexual power, sacred power, and we have access to um, magic, you know? And when we're stripped away of all those different paths to power, we're left with a very limited way of embodying ourselves, expressing ourselves, and interacting with society. And the law that has kind of been passed down to us by what you said, society, relationship rules, advertising, media, even our justice systems, is everything that's based on less than equality, right? Less than equality. And that doesn't mean that equality of... um, I'm a woman and I'm going to do a man's job and get a man's pay. It's about I'm a woman. Recognize my woman's gifts. Recognize my nurturing. Recognize my vulnerability. There's power in that too. Recognize my sexuality. My gift of receiving. My gift of opening. The gifts of collaboration. The gifts of compassion. The gifts of divine passion. You know, a... Uh, People awaken through the sacred feminine. Men awaken their full power through the sacred feminine. King Arthur was given his power by the Lady of the Lake. The sacred feminine gives you your vision. It gives you your purpose. And when you have that, you can really go out into the world and express that power in a very meaningful way, in a way that it's balanced, in a way that it gives back, and you're growing. So it is truly the the model of this age of Aquarius that we're entering, where we're all gifted people, We're all equal. We're all lovable. There's no unworthiness there. And we can really go after our life in a way that is respectful to our core being so that we can express our gifts and live a life that we really love. And when we're not doing those things, we're in disease, we become addicts, and we become unhappy.
0: How do you you teach women to embrace and get in touch with their Shakti power? Because let's face it, Many, many women are living out there behind veils of shame and guilt and and feeling less than worthy. How do you bring them out of that with your work? Share that.
1: I- Absolutely. I I relate to them. You know, I let them know I'm just like you. And just because I've awakened this power does not mean that I'm just automatically like flying, that I'm always in this power. I have to come back to this every day. I have to come back to my sacred feminine practice of prayer and intention setting and surrendering and, you know, visioning, soul visioning, writing, journaling, constantly back to that intuitive voice. So when I was a teenager, because I had all this sexual power coming through me with my grandmother's teachings and Shakti, you know, men could feel it. And so my way of exploring Shakti power was, um, in my teenage years when I was blossoming was through, um, with males, you know, so sexuality, penetration, that was one of my ways of experimenting with it. However, before that, I was dancing. So I've been dancing since I was three years old. I've been dancing with um, classical dance teachers and ballet and there was sexual energy flowing through me. Uh, at that time as well. And the sexual energy that was flowing through me when I was dancing was my sexual energy. It was in my energy field. It wasn't something yet that needed to be shared with another man. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women in modern um, society, especially in Western society, and you know, the United States of America, Britain, Germany, France, the first sexual experience is with penetration, the male. Mm-hmm. And so they think that immediately sexuality is about their body belonging to someone else their body be you know being fused up with someone else but my initial experience of sexuality was my experiencing my own sexual energy yeah. crying in ecstasy when I was dancing for the goddess and bowing down to my, her and hearing a voice saying i am you you are me you are the goddess at age 4 you know I love it. so so i think one of the ways i connect with women is obviously through dance right? I do these dance workshops in Ibiza. I'm starting to do them in New York right now. This is a big breakthrough year for me to really go um, national with, with sacred dance because I want women to experience and feel their sexual power, what it feels like to be in their own body, what it feels like for their hearts to beat wildly, what it feels like for electric shocks to come out of their body, out of their hands, what it feels like for their hips to unfreeze and, and that energy is blowing wide wide open. What it feels like for heat to come up and coil around and around until your your head starts tingling, your your feet start tingling, what it feels like when we pray after a crazy ecstatic dance and we put our hands on the ground and for them to feel the energy go back into Mother Earth. I want them to know what ecstasy feels like when you go up and then when grounding feels like when you go down. So there's so many ways that women can play with their body and feel their sexuality and express it in their own way. And in my dance classes, there's no mirror, there's no choreography. So you just follow me, I go into trance and the women just start doing what they're doing. But at some point in the dance, Shakti, the energy is flowing through us, and we're all moving in the same rhythm. So it's just this amazing experience that we're not taught. We're taught that power is outside of us. And through the dance and the Shakti, and when they ask questions afterwards, they're like, What is that flowing through me? I'm like, It's your power, it's, it's your beautiful.
0: It's beautiful that you can bring this message to women that they, in fact, can experience complete ecstasy and bliss and do it all by themselves, it doesn't require a man to complete the experience. And I think that's very important because there is too much emphasis on having the man to experience that. It's not necessary.
1: And it's a deep survival instinct that we have. It's a deep survival program. I mean, when you read that message from my book, this is a very special time in sacred feminine consciousness is because like, that shame that you talk about, it's no matter how successful you are, no matter how beautiful you are, no matter how much life you've lived, no matter how much you've transformed, there's this voice every woman has is like, but I don't have a man. As if that's like the crowning glory of our existence. And we've been taught that for about 10,000 years, you know, to survive off the societal approval of you having a man, you being a wife, you being a mother, you having a family, In society's eyes that's okay but to be a sovereign woman an independent woman a priestess a medial woman a a woman exploring her spirituality an artistic woman who maybe has multiple lovers or multiple partners because she's exploring her life and growing that's not readily accepted in society and so um That was a lot of work I had to do. I was I met my ex-husband when I was 24, and I fell madly and deeply in love. And it was true friendship. It was a true love ship. We gave each other so much freedom. Um, And then towards the end of that 12-year relating, things just started to fall apart. And You know, you've been through this journey of divorce, it's very painful, it it felt like spiritual abandonment for me, so much shame that I pushed down, but the biggest shame that I pushed down is I wasn't always this zinnia, you know, I was a very timid zinnia, I was a people pleasing zinnia, I was a shameful zinnia, I had squashed my sexuality because I would only used it to seduce men, Mm -hmm. I hadn't used it to um, really step into an equal partnership with men, um, and so I had all this stuff come up while I was going through the painful separation in San Francisco and I was losing everything I was losing my home and my job and my husband and a career and especially my self belief and I was in deep deep pain crying for three hours a day and I, one day I just surrendered I got on my knees and I said if anyone is out there like I'm burnt out I had a, I had a tumor on my left arm because my femininity had just been so depleted. I was so disempowered and drained, I was putting all my energy into the marriage, you know, and it was going downhill.
0: You and You said something very, very important. Using this energy to create an equal partnership. Women do not do that. They make men... Creatures to fulfill them to complete them to make them feel good about themselves, and that's really a job a man doesn't want It's a big pair of shoes. They don't want they don't really want to go there oh and God. so I, I I think that your work is Redefining the structure of an intimate relationship that women Have to learn this is a this is this is it this is we can't screw around with this any longer because The success of marriages and relationships, it's so poor. Uh, I mean, divorce now is so prevalent that women need to know, how do I create that balanced partnership where we are equals, where we connect in a way that honors both of us, where the woman just isn't clinging for completion. Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
1: And you that's exactly what was happening through the marriages. All that was coming up. It was like, how am I clinging to this person for completion? And what came up for me was that he defines my worth. You know, he defines the fact that I'm lovable or not. And that's when Shakti came through me and said, no, dance. I was losing everything. And I said, you want me to dance? I'm losing my home. I'm losing my husband. I'm losing a city I was living in. You want me to dance? And the voice was very clear. Dance. So as I danced as a child, um, I got inspiration to go to Ibiza, Spain for a vacation. It was a culture of joy, celebration, music and dance. Within um, the month that I was there, I fell in love with the island and ended up moving back for the summer, which led to four years. And in that time, I started dancing um, at festivals, at spiritual festivals with musicians and with um, 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 what well, weddings and things like that. And so the sexual power that was flowing through me, I was praying for that power to let that power nourish people, let my dance nourish people, let this dance be a celebration of love and a woman's joy and a woman's expression and a woman's power. And as I did that every day for four years, Mel, I just kept aligning and aligning and aligning and aligning and aligning and aligning. And, aligning. and I took 4 years just to know my heart again, just to know my worthiness again, nice. to build up my business, to build up money again, to build up a new home, a new community, a new set of friends. And then I look back at my past and I'm like, "Oh, I am worthy. I am loved. I can do this again. I can go through this divorce again and I have the power and the strength to rebuild." I don't want to have to go through a divorce like that again. It's quite excruciating, you know, to to separate and rip apart. So what I'm doing right now is um, I'm exploring with the males in my life with the sacred masculine energy. But until I'm truly balanced within myself, I'm not going to commit to um, entering into that very sacred partnership with a man. I want to bring my best self to a man. I want to bring my best self to myself. I want to know what I'm made of. And that journey is still going on. And so I'm not in a rush to be in a relationship. I know that it's out there for me and that a beautiful union will come. But right now I'm building the Shakti empire. I'm giving to women. I'm helping create a new society based on a woman's worth and a new model of female leadership and power. And that's teaching me how to be that every day and I need to hit that frequency and be consistent enough where I'm not falling and wobbly for me to be in balanced relationship with a man. So I hope that kind of helps you understand that I'm right there with you guys. I get it
0: like so perfectly because I feel the same way. Um, I am so focused on my mission of serving women right now and what can I do to teach them from my experience, which was deeply painful, how they can also get through a painful ending Mm -hmm. of an important relationship. How do we get on the other side? And how do we reclaim ourselves fully? Because when you end a long-term relationship, when you end a marriage, there is a piece of your heart, I don't care what anybody says, There is a piece of you that goes with that. I agree. There is a hole there. There, There's, it's not so much that it's a wound, but there's, there's a hole. And that hole needs to be replenished by us, only by us personally. Nobody else can do that for us. We have to reclaim that energy, that love, that self-worth that was always there. We just have to bring it back. And put it back where it belongs so that if we get to a point in time as you said where maybe you're open to the idea of a future commitment with someone you're going to be so ready and so strong and bring so much to the table that there will not be a doubt in your mind about what you're doing
1: Absolutely. yeah really Absolutely. and My expectation in this life, and, you know, we're living in really interesting times. Like you said, it's like we have codependent relationships going on that are based on survival. We have Wow. We have people who are in open relationships. We have people who are absolutely traditional and will only stay in a 50-year marriage, even if there's no connection. So we're all exploring, you know, how we relate to ourselves. And it gets based on your belief systems, you're going to attract someone who has the same belief systems as you. So for me, when you talk about that hole, not a wound, but a hole, and I really do resonate with what you said, that hole gets filled up with art, that hole gets filled up with your gifts, that goal, that hole, not that goal, that hole gets filled up with intimacy to yourself, true intimacy to yourself. And that hole gets filled up with travel and rich experiences and music that uplifts you. Like it doesn't have to be classical and devotional music. You can go to you know music festivals and yes. you can be an artist. So I think we're also entering a time into feminine awakening where we be, we're becoming the artist of our lives. And that art can be your business. You know, But it's something that truly fulfills you. And another thing that I see happening with a lot of business women and entrepreneurs is they get depleted because they bring in that masculine energy of go, 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 go. go but they don't take a moment to just stop and nurture, celebrate what they've created and enjoy mm. it and then take a break, take a vacation. Mm. Like we've got to be in this rhythm of go, 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 do, do, do and then relax and enjoy it and celebrate it. And then again, go, 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 get the vision, do, do, do and then relax, enjoy, share. So... I think we're learning about balance.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: And we're, we're in kindergarten right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: So Shakti can really be your focus point. It can, she can be your point of attraction. when you, As we're learning the dance and as we're learning to balance and as we're learning to align in who we are, what we're made of, what we're here to do, how we're here to express that, how far we can take it, how far we can fly. As we start to learn that process of self-discovery, Shakti can really help you center, stay focused, and know who you are regardless of what society is telling you. Because, you know, I brought Shakti to New York, and believe you me, she was not welcome there for a very long time. Oh, you know, really? I, I was seen as a threat to New York the male show,
0: I mean, I would think they would have embraced it, but... No, how huh. they do
1: embrace it, but it, it it makes them question everything they've built. Mm. And you know we're experiencing this with the presidential, the recent presidential election, right? Yes. It's like the last fight of this outdated patriarchy that believes in competition, power, survival, control, um, and domination. That's not the sacred masculine. It's it's a sick masculine. So we've got this outdated system kind of crumbling. We've got this liberated society speaking up and saying, no, we're equal. We love our brothers and sisters. And and these are our values and what you're standing for. So you're seeing this clash. Mm -hmm. And what's happening is the feminine is rising through these voices and through these new values of we can all be different no one has to be right over one another. We can all have different experiences and different beliefs and different values and different creeds and come from different colors, but we can get along in harmony. And that's the feminine model is the more I give, the more comes through me because the feminine lives in abundance. There's so much that we can receive and give. And that's what women like you, like me, like our sisters, authors, coaches, medicine women, dancers, artists, this is the truth that we're waking up to, that we don't have to be in survival and enslaved to limited resources anymore. You know, We have what we need inside, our personal inner resources and our gifts, and we can share that with the world. And another big thing that happens is that the male model is based on a lot of like, pay me for this, pay me for that, pay me for this, the feminine model is about sharing resources. Okay. So, you know, if you're a masseuse, therapist, massage, perhaps you can give me a one hour session and I'll give you a coaching session. So, you're going to see a lot more of this kind of sharing economy okay. coming through the sacred feminine. I mean, it's big. It's not Shakti power, it's not just about your body and reclaiming yourself and relationships. It can change an economy, it can change the world, it can change ecology.
0: Now, you brought up a very interesting point. I, and- I believe that it's our DNA as women, that we are givers by nature. We, we love to give. We have a very hard time receiving. Mm, yes. So how does the Shakti woman, how does that woman that is connecting to that power keep that balance of giving? Because I think as women, we tend to deplete ourselves we tend to over give so how do how do how do we put a healthy line in the sand as to how much we should give and how much we hold
1: it is an excellent question and i'm going to tell you my biggest word <laughs> boundaries 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 i eat on my Shakti po- podcast i have an episode that's just dedicated to boundaries and Boundaries in relationships are when you are in a codependent relationship, you take on the other person's problems as your own and get obsessed with fixating on it, solving it, right? Mm -hmm. In a balanced relationship, you have boundaries where it's like, okay, person A has their set of life experiences that they're dealing with. Let them go to their own resources and their own gifts and let them be reliant on their journey. And they're opening to God, goddess, universe, truth, whatever. You don't have to step in to solve it for them. That's one. So that's boundaries in a relationship. Boundaries at work. You know, I I see women at work and in their careers kind of making sure the project schedules are all fixed, that people are um, coming to meetings, this kind of over-mothering.
0: Because we're fixers. What's that? <laughs> we're fixers. We're fixers, right? We're fixers. We have this thing about that we'll fix it. We don't need to.
1: No, we don't need to fix it. So I teach the women that I, like, I, when I was, while I'm building my brand in Shakti, I still uh, consult. I'm a content strategy consultant, so I, I consult for corporations. So sometimes I lead teams of 15 to 20 people, um, and they're, you know, multi-million dollar projects. I delegate. I give them the vision, and that's what a leader does. So we're asking women to get out of fixer mode and step into feminine leadership. And as a feminine leader, you give the vision. You're the queen bee. So you delegate. That's a big boundary. And if someone comes to me and says, I can't do this, I say, I let the project manager know that, There's enough time for this person to learn through a class, through another person, through shadowing. I don't let them give up on themselves and I'm not going to solve the problem for them. So at work, you know, really delegate, learn the power of delegation, learn the power of management, take a management class um, in your home. Let's say you're a mother and you have three children, a husband, and, you know, maybe your budget doesn't allow for you to have um, a housekeeper and a cleaning person and other vendors that we have kind of the luxury of today, like you're the one running around you know, get your husband involved in doing some of those chores. Yes, he works, but the home is not a secondary place where people just come to dump their stuff and and rest. The home is a place of sanctuary. It is a place of pleasure. It is a place of nourishment. And it deserves for everyone to contribute to that. So if for a mother be the queen of that domain and delegate to your children, you know, have a schedule where people are washing dishes and have like chores, like, so that's, these are all different ways for women to step up into their leadership, no matter what role they're in, so they're not always going into fixing mode. Or survival. Survival mode, because that's what
0: depletes I you. I think when- that's very driving, that survival mode is that fear or flight, it's terrible, It's it's so physically draining. When you're trying to survive in chaos or crisis or divorce or whatever, the survival just comes up and it grips you. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: And you're teaching your children a lot of self-love. It's like, yes, sweetie, if you want that for dinner, great. And I'm going to make that for you. And then I would really love it if you could help me because I've had a long day. Would you be a part of the solution? You're helping them be self-loving to themselves. You're helping them accept being a part of the solution. And the biggest thing, so I talked about boundaries. I talked about delegation. I talked about saying no. Mm -hmm. We say yes to everything and we can't do everything. So really prioritize, you know, what and the way you prioritize is what brings you joy, what energizes you, what inspires you. Do you love cooking for your children, but you don't always want to do the dishes? Well, then, you know, spread those chores out with your husband and your children or hire someone. So really get, this is what I mean by getting in touch. Always get in touch with what you love. Always get in touch with what inspires you, what brings you joy. And lead from that place. Because that will nurture and nourish you. And when there's times that you just don't want to do it, it's okay. Okay. (laughs) You don't have to do it. (laughs) You don't have to be perfect all the time. Your bed can be a mess for one day, you know? Things can fall apart for a little bit.
0: You have a free gift for our listeners from your website. Tell us a little bit about that, Zinnia.
1: Yes. So it's a beautiful Shakti Goddess gift bundle for women who are just stepping into their power, just stepping into self-discovery, women women who are on this path and have known it all along it's a very sacred gift bundle that uh, has a soul visioning kit where you get very clear on your desires and what you want to experience this year or for the next few months it has sacred goddess affirmations for you to say I am the light I am the gift, I am the goddess for you to really align with this goddess energy that we've been speaking about and it has um, a goddess a gorgeous goddess Um goddess meditation where you can hear my voice telling you how beautiful you are and That you're just gorgeous and that you deserve everything that is nourishing and beautiful and comforting to you and um, I think that's it and then you get uh, a report on like five sacred keys of Standing in your joy and contentment and fulfillment and these kind of very beautiful feminine qualities that nourish you so if anybody wants to just know what the goddess is about what the sacred feminine is about it's a great introduction
0: oh bless you wonderful it's an honor to connect with you today i love your energy you're just just a blaze of color and and light and i love the outfit from vegas oh, oh thank you Gorgeous. can we talk about that
1: for one second with yes. the audience Yes, The Jennifer Lopez experience. So, you know, I love to post inspiration all day through my mm-hmm. life to my community so that you can really see that I'm living what I'm talking about. Yes, And it's important for you all to know that I'm walking my truth, that I'm not just writing about it. And so the Jennifer Lopez concert, I went with a friend whose mother just passed away. And um, I asked her, what, what, do you, what, do you, what are your plans for this year? And she said, I've just lost everything. And death has shown me her power. Now I want to see what I'm made of. I want life to show me her power. I had goosebumps when she said that to me. And that made me just open and receive Jennifer Lopez much more because, you know, her heartbreaking story opened me. And then the kind of inspiration that came from Jennifer Lopez, a 47-year-old woman who's had multiple partners, lovers. She's been on through her journey from the Bronx, from you know, poverty to people naysaying her to stardom and helping women and being a positive role model. And she gave at that concert, you know, she was like, boom, 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 boom. She just gave so much energy. And I felt Shakti flowing through her. I could feel her transmitting joy and love and positivity and passion. And the audience could feel it. So imagine how many women awaken to that level of power. And we are artists like that you know, transmitting that kind of joy and power. So it just awakened me to my own next level mm-hmm. of what I'm meant to do and how I'm meant to teach more women. Um, and it's time to teach the teachers. I can't do this alone anymore. So JLo helped me realize that joy makes me fly. Being about power takes me high and connecting to love makes me feel alive. And I want to kind of end with that is that is the power that women always have access to. You just have to be brave enough to touch it.
0: Yummy. (laughs) Yummy. Touch it. Touch the power. (laughs) Thank you, girl. Bless you. Wonderful. So much. Namaste. (laughs) Namaste to you, dear. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Awakening Divine Wildness. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And please leave a favorable review at iTunes. Be sure to visit malduane.com for Mal's six-part video series, Heal Your Wounded Heart and Reclaim Your Worth.